Welcome to Your Personal Power Pod, a podcast about aligning yourself with the life you want. And here are your hosts, Sandy Abel and Shannon Young. Shannon. Hi, Sandy. Hey, it's great to talk to you again. It is. It's good to talk to you too. I'm kind of excited for today because it's not often in life you get to do a do-over and we're doing a do-over. <laughs> right. So many of our listeners let us know that they really like our conversation about boundaries and they would like more because a lot of people struggle to set them. So we are revisiting boundaries today. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I'd like to start by sharing a very cool quote. Please. Dolly Parton, who is a woman who has definitely found her personal power and uses it for good a lot, but also uses it to take care of herself and make sure she is fine. And she said, you don't leave people to teach them a lesson. You leave because you finally learned yours. Oh, I like that. What she's saying is she's learned what her boundaries are and how to set them. I think it's key to understand that that's not the only boundary though. I think sometimes when we think about boundaries, we think about them at their most extreme, which is this person isn't healthy for me. I need to not be where they are. But boundaries right. are one of the most important parts of any healthy relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. Give me an example of what you're talking about. Oh, well, this is this actually isn't along the lines that I was thinking of, but it I thought it was kind of a funny analogy. I work for a company that does multi-day river trips, and we do a lot of custom private charter type trips where the parameters are more flexible than they are on our regular trips. And so I was emailing with a woman the other day who wants a huge luxury trip next year. And, you know, we only have so much equipment and camping spaces on the river only have so much room. And so she was saying, well, I think I have 40 something people. And I was thinking, oh, I don't know if we have that much gear, you know. And so finally in her email, <laughs> right. she just said, OK, what are my guardrails? Oh, what do I need to be working within to make this work? And I thought that's such a great analogy, my guardrails or like Absolutely. bumpers on a on a bowling alley. Yeah. Like, how do I stay in my lane? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it was funny. It made me laugh. And I told her that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you gave her the guardrails. Right. And now we can have a conversation that will actually go somewhere because it isn't her going, well, I want this and me saying, I don't know if we can do that. You know, now we know what's possible. Right. And now we can actually talk about something that we can make happen. It was interesting. It was such a simple little question that made everything fall into place. Exactly. And that's what boundaries are all about. That's such a beautiful example, because it's about being clear with yourself first about what you will and will not accept or what is or is not possible, like for your customer, client, guest, <laughs> emotionally, physically, sexually, materially, and with your time. All those things we need to have boundaries around. And you figured out what her boundaries for this particular trip are. And now you two can communicate. Mm -hmm. And the beauty is that she was willing to 
work within the boundaries. That is the best. And she needed to. I mean, she understood that if we weren't having a conversation about what was actually possible, then it wasn't going anywhere. Exactly. And this is, you know, it's what they mean when they say, when they, you know, the greater they, the capital T they, (laughs) when they say, teach people how to treat you. This is what they're talking about. Exactly. Right. Is you first have to figure out what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And then it's your job to communicate that to other people like Mm -hmm. you did with her. She had to ask for it and you went, oh, right. Yeah, she needs boundaries. She needs guardrails. I love Mm -hmm. that. And we all have to do that in every area of our life. So many of us have trouble with that concept. Why is that? What do you think? Why why is it a problem? I think it's because, first of all, we're not sure. I think we we know something doesn't feel right. We know either what somebody's doing or how they're talking to us doesn't feel right, but we're not sure why. Or because right. we know why, but on some level we feel like we deserved it or mm-hmm. aren't strong enough to say something that may change the relationship. I think we maybe don't feel... Like it's easier just to let yourself be kind of walked on than to disrupt the whole boat, maybe? Right, right. And a lot of that fear that we feel about setting boundaries comes from when we were really young, when we were a child, and we thought we had boundaries about, well, I want to have cake every morning, or I'm annoyed with my little brother, so I want to hit him. And parents would say, no, you can't do that. That's not right for a variety of reasons. And over time, if we pursued it, our parents or whoever would get annoyed with us. And we learned that when we set boundaries, people are upset or withdraw love or don't care about us anymore. So we're afraid to set boundaries because we want to maintain whatever relationship we have. Mm -hmm. You have to know your own value and be able to stand up for it. Exactly. And that's where we're talking about personal power, and that is claiming your personal power. It's also important to be aware of other people's needs and see if they fit with you. I remember a long time ago, I was in a very important relationship, and over time, I grew and changed and became stronger. And the person I had the relationship with was used to being able to control me and didn't like that. And after a while and a lot of discussion, I realized that in order for me to be able to be me and live my boundaries, expect others to do that, the relationship with that person had to end. And it was really sad. That person didn't want to adjust and listen to my boundaries. So I had to let him go. And that was really heartbreaking. But it was meet his needs or meet mine all the time. Mm -hmm. And really, there should be a balance there. Have you ever had a, a boundary? issue with somebody? 
Yes. And it's not that severe. It's just more a realization. I know I talk a lot about when I first got married, but I got married really old. (laughs) So (laughs) I had a lot of time to be single. You say that a lot. You're not old. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't get married in my 20s like so many people did. I got married in my 40s, which means I was pretty set in my ways. And my husband was in his late 40s and he was pretty set in his ways. And so, you know, we brought these two fairly well developed stubborn people together and without thinking a whole lot about it and how that might challenge us. And so that's been fun. <laughs> but I remember we have pets. We had a lot of pets at some point and we started having issues with a couple of our dogs because they were really old and they were becoming incontinent. And so I would, you know, make a comment because my understanding of marriage is that we're here to witness each other's lives and talk about you know, the things that are happening in our days that are affecting us. And that means sharing what's going on. And I also learned that I talk to process, which is unfortunate for him (laughs) because he doesn't. (laughs) And so I would say, oh, such and such dog made a mess. Purely a statement of fact, something I need to say because that's how I process it and now I can deal with it. But he heard somehow it's either your fault that the dog made a mess in the house or it's your responsibility to pick it up. And it made him feel bad. It made him feel guilty. And it took me a long time to figure out because I don't think he even knew subconsciously what was going on. That I would say these fairly innocuous things that were just statements of like what's going on in my day and oh, here's what you're about to walk into. And it somehow became mm-hmm. his problem. And oh, yeah. That, yeah, that was a boundary that he needed to learn to set, I think, for himself, which was she's not laying guilt here. She's not trying to make me feel bad or take responsibility. But that's what he learned as a kid was that if anything went wrong yeah. in the household, it was his fault. And yeah. That was a huge realization for me, even though he didn't say, hey, here's my boundary. It was just like, oh, now I need to I need to rephrase things or maybe just state them to myself to get them out. Because he right. he yeah. didn't hear me in the way that it was intended. And that happens so often. Yeah. And it it was really complicated for a while. It's such a small thing, but it was like, I'm saying these things that mean nothing. And you're feeling like I'm attacking you. Like, what's that about? You're just making observational statements. Right. And he took them personally. Right. And that's a great example of boundaries. You know, somebody has to have them and learn how to use them. It's also interesting that we are afraid to set boundaries because we don't want to hurt others. Yes. And we're willing to not do it, even if the result hurts us. Yeah. And we need to look at how hurt we're getting. And if it's more important to set the boundary and enforce it, like I had to do in my old relationship, than to just ignore my boundary and let the other person walk all over it. And that's where your personal power comes in. Mm -hmm. But we're Mm -hmm. afraid to do that because we don't want to hurt the other person. Right. And in the process, we hurt ourselves. So at some point we have to make a choice. Well, but sometimes it doesn't have to be all you or all the other person. At some point, stating those boundaries makes the relationship better. Absolutely. And that's exactly what happened with your guest at work is she said, okay, what are my boundaries? 
or guardrails. I love that. <laughs> and you went, oh, right. If I tell her this, then we can work together. And the cool thing is she was willing to listen and to work with it. And that's the ideal in all relationships. This was a work relationship, but with your husband and your friends and your family and your work colleagues and even your your critters, your dogs and cats and whatever, they need to know the boundaries. Mm-hmm. And once you're clear on them and you set them, they have the choice of hearing them or learning the lesson with dogs or not. But there are consequences if they choose not to. I have a friend, had a friend. I'm not sure if we're still friends. Who knows? But we were friends as kids. And she moved away in our 20s, got married, had a life you know, elsewhere in the state. And she used to come back to visit. Her parents still live here. And every time she would come down, she would text me and say, hey, Shani, I'm going to be in town. I'd love to see you. And I would say, great. And then I would wait two or three days. And then I would never hear from her. And then six months later, I'd hear from her again. Hey, Shani, I'm going to be in town. I'd love to see you. And I started feeling Mm. really conflicted about her because I loved her and I wanted to see her. And it made me feel really good that she wanted to see me too. But the fact was she didn't because she never reached out when she was here. So I finally just said to her one day, when you say this, I save time for you. And then when you don't call, it's like you stood me up. And it makes me feel horrible, but it makes me feel really weird about you too. Like, why would you do that to me? And she said, oh, right. I'm so sorry. But the interesting thing is I haven't heard from her since then. She doesn't text me and say, hey, Shani, I'm going to be in town. You want to get together? Because she never really meant it. But it was interesting for yeah. me how just figuring out that this is why I was feeling, I was angry at her and I was hurt, but I also felt pleased that she thought of right. me and it was a really confusing thing. And now I can just kind yeah. of love her and let her go and not feel mm-hmm. that conflict. And if she ever does right. decide to get in touch with me again and say, I'm in town, let's follow up. And we do, it will be better because she understands yes. where I stand. I understand where she stands and it doesn't have to be muddy anymore. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great example. And you set your boundary and said, wait a minute, I deserve to be treated with respect and honesty. I give you that. And if you can't do that, then maybe this doesn't work for me anymore. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite phrases. <laughs> I have. I think I've talked about this before. When somebody wants to know why, you can give them a reason But if they start to argue with it, you can just say, it just doesn't work for me or it works for me. And don't give any more reasons because often if you give reasons, people will pick your reasons apart. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, that's not real or that's just you being weird or it's like, no, it just doesn't work for me. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And stop. That's genius. That's such a powerful little tool that can really help reinforce your boundaries. You can use that even before you're fully sure what your boundary is, because sometimes it takes a little bit of time. Sometimes I I know that something isn't right just because of the way my body responds. My stomach will get all, I'll get like all tied up in knots, which means something's being violated. But if I'm not really sure what it is, it can be hard to like on that spot say, here's what I'm thinking, here's what I'm feeling, here's what my boundary is. 
But if you just say, this doesn't work for me right now, that's so true. Yeah. It's respectful. And it gives yourself Mm -hmm. a little bit of time to figure out what's being violated and what you need to change. Exactly. And you're respecting yourself as well as the other person. Right. Which is what personal power is all about. So smart. (laughs) Aren't we all? (laughs) Along with this, you mentioned that when boundaries are set, sometimes there's guilt. And so I thought it would be good today for us to look at the guilt, since when we set boundaries, other people will try to make us feel guilty. And they're actually both positives and negatives to guilt. Mm-hmm. Guilt is what I call a red flag emotion. It's like one of those little flags on rural mailboxes that mm-hmm. just pops right up and waves at you mm-hmm. and lets you know that you have violated some kind of boundary <laughs> of yourself or a message that you got when you were a kid or a value. Mm-hmm. And when you violate a value, you need to look at it. So the guilt flag is a handy thing. What's important is to know that you have to put the flag down. Yeah, guilt's not a place to hang out. Exactly. And so many people let that flag wave for years and years and (laughs) years. They beat themselves about old things that happened that they cannot fix anymore. They forget that the past is a place of reference, not residence. Oh, I like that. And they do the guilt thing which can actually affect you physically, causes stress and anxiety, and obviously causes emotional distress and depression if you do it long enough. And actually, there are things that it's important to feel guilty about because we have values, values like pay your bills or treat people kindly, be respectful, be responsible. Be reliable like your friend was not. All those values that hopefully we were taught when we were young, and if we violate them, the guilt flag was going to pop up, which is great. It lets you know, oh, wow, I wasn't as kind to that person as I could have been. Maybe I need to apologize, or maybe I need to be aware of that next time. And then put the flag down. Yeah. That is the hugest thing. Just notice that it's a red flag emotion. It lets you know there's something to look at and then put it down. Yeah, learn the lesson and let it go. Exactly. And rectify it if you can. Do whatever. And if you can't, don't haul it around. Last, yeah. uh, one of the other former episodes, we talked about loss and the grief process and all that. And so many people who have lost a loved one feel guilty years later for sometimes continuing their life and moving ahead and finding joy. And there's no reason for guilt there. Mm-hmm. People think that if they let go of the guilt around the loss of a loved one, that they are disrespecting the loved one. And they forget that the loved one 
would want them to move ahead. Right. It's also, well, we were talking about boundaries earlier, and it occurs to me that we talk about guilt trips a lot, like he or she sent me on a guilt trip. And it occurs to me that if somebody doesn't know how to set boundaries or state boundaries, they can wind up laying guilt on you. Yes. So if you're struggling yeah. to to set your own boundaries, it's entirely possible that you could be laying guilt trips on people in your life, you know, trying to make them feel bad because they showed up late when really all you need to say is, hey, my time is really valuable. It affects me when you show up late. Can you be on time? Right. Exactly. But the, the guilt trip thing, you know, the way we phrase it is he made me feel guilty. She made me feel guilty. When really they're just laying the guilt out there, whether it's on purpose right. or not. And you have the option of picking it up. Like you don't have to carry it. You can't just let it lie there. <laughs> let it stay there. <laughs> right. You can't just leave it alone. You don't have to touch it. If you look at a situation exactly. and say, no, I think I acted appropriately and I don't think I did anything wrong or... I can see that I did something wrong and I apologized and I won't do it again, then that guilt doesn't have to go any further. It can stay right there. Right. And as we said earlier, guilt happens when you feel that you've violated one of your values. And if you haven't, or if you understand what happened and can fix it, either way, put the flag down. I love that. Absolutely. No point in holding on to guilt and waving that guilt flag. <laughs> it is a waste of time and energy. So put it down. I love that. <laughs> oh, well, we've once again gone longer than we used to. But once again, we had a lot of important things to talk about. There is stuff to talk about. You had one more thing you wanted to address. Yes. Well, actually, talking about guilt, you and I both are very honest people. We are open. We don't have a lot of hidden agendas. And I realized that in the excitement of starting our podcast and sharing with our listeners, we forgot to let them know an important fact. You and I are mother and daughter. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons we're doing this together. Because we know each other well, and we feel that together we have a whole lot to share with the world so that everybody can discover their personal power and feel as great as we do. Yes. Thank you for letting the secret out of the bag. Actually, I know it's interesting because we refer to each other by first names, but we have a very long history, decades, of working professionally <laughs> together. And so... The yes. Sandy Shanny yes. thing is, you know, that's part of working together professionally. And it just made sense in doing the podcast that that's how we would do it. And I don't feel like we've been hiding it. I think it was just no. there was a certain point at which it was unnecessary and might have, for us, I think, maybe changed the progression of the podcast. And I think now is a perfect time to talk about it and let the listener know that we're actually related. Maybe people know that. Sometimes people say we sound the same. <laughs> ah, I wish I sounded like you. You have a great <laughs> voice. <laughs> well, I appreciate you and all the amazing lessons that you've taught. And that is one of the biggest gifts that you gave me as a parent was not doing guilt. So many kids get guilt from their parents and we never did that. Oh, wow. That's cool to hear. Yeah. 
parents like to hear what they did right. <laughs> That's cool. So now we've we've come completely clear. There are no more hidden things. And we didn't even think about this as being a hidden thing. We just realized recently, like, oh, we forgot to let people know this really important fact. So now everybody knows. It's interesting that we came back around because we did the boundaries conversation before. And I don't recall if we addressed guilt, but they do go hand in hand. And since guilt is that yes. violation of a value, and one of our biggest values is honesty and clarity, it makes perfect sense. Right. So now we're clear, and that's where we're going <laughs> to proceed. <laughs> well, thank you, Sandy slash mom, and we'll do it again soon. <laughs> thank you, Shani. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to our listeners. And we're looking forward to joining you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.